because, you know, you turn it on, it's that bright light. Uh, usually that the, um, the, the wall that the uh, sink is on is usually all mirrors. And then the doors to the shower are usually glass. And so you know how the Bible says that here we see Jesus kind of like through a dark glass. That's the way I like to see my body when I'm taking a shower. Yeah. I don't like to see that bright, yeah, that bright light and then now uh, that full mirror. And uh, I just kind of want to see dimly. I don't want to see all that, but uh, that's okay, though. That's all right. I made it. So <laughs> I'm be, um, I want to read out of Hebrews uh, today. Uh, but before that, I, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, something that happened Monday because, uh, um, you know, I, I can't help but uh, just be transparent into the things that I'm going through. And I want to share something that happened on Monday because uh, I feel like uh, some of you here today, I feel like it's something that God wants to say to you. And, and so, um, so I've been thinking about that all week. You know, when we, uh, when Pastor Ziggy asked us to come, and uh, he, he's, uh, when, when Pastor Ziggy asks you something, he's a hard person to say no to. He's a very difficult person to say no to. So he's like, hey, will you guys come to Revival? Because, you know, I, I'd like to have you speak one day. And so, uh, you know, we hadn't really talked about it a lot, but when he said it, I was like, yeah, I think we were going to the Revival. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. I'd be happy to talk. And so, um, but uh, I remember getting ready for that, and um um, so I got, we, uh, we started here, um, Sunday night, we had church, uh, there in Swanton last Sunday and got home from church and Andrea had, uh, she'd been packing her stuff. And so we was trying to get ready and I was, uh, I talked to some people at the church, so I didn't get home till a little bit later and I got home and I turned on the TV and there was some football on. So I watched a little bit of football and we should have left our house around two o'clock, uh, but we left our house around eight o'clock. And so we started driving and we drove to about uh, four in the morning here, but five in the morning for us. And then we tried to uh, stop and sleep, uh, didn't get much sleep, and then we started the next morning. And so when we got here Monday, I was excited about what God was doing. I was excited. And so uh, the worship was awesome. It's good to see everybody. And so we just, you know, joined in with worship and stuff. And uh, during worship, something started happening to me. I started feeling not so good. I started feeling not so good in my stomach. And so... I thought, well, you know, look at, uh, so my wife's like, I can't believe you're telling this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I, I, I'm hoping this morning that I can help somebody. That through my experience, that, that um, somehow it'll help you uh, as you continue what God wants you to do. And so, so during the music, I was enjoying it as much as I could, but I wasn't feeling too good. And so by the time I got up to speak, in my, my stomach was just churning like crazy. I got up here, and uh, I, I was panicked. I'm telling you, I was panicked. Uh, actually, uh, I, there's Tyler. I had Tyler get up, and I had Tyler lay down here. I was going to lay down, but I thought the thought went through my head, if I lay down, I don't know if I'll be able to get up. That's the thought that I had. Uh, I was that panicked. And, and so I've got my Bible here. Uh, I got up. I didn't open my Bible. Uh, I just kind of went through it as fast as I could. Uh, because I just wasn't feeling good at all, and I had a feeling I did not want to get sick up here. That's the thought that was going through my head. I don't want to get sick up here, and so I went through it, and uh, my wife's looking at me. I'm looking at everybody, and everybody was good. Everybody was receiving it. I looked at her, and she's looked at me like, what's going on with you? <laughs> I could see it in her face. She's like, 
And so I just talked, not very long, and I was like, you know, well, I'm finished now. Uh, Zick, get up here. <laughs> just like that. And I looked at her face, and she was like, what? what in the world's going on with you? And so here's, here's my thought. And so I'm trying to be transparent. I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, give any details, you know, that would be off-putting. So. But here's what I thought. If I sit down, I should be okay. So that was my thought was. I had Pastor Ziggy come up, and I thought, if I sit down, I'll be okay. And then when I can, I'll go ahead and excuse myself and go to the restroom. So I sat down right there, and he's speaking. And, and so he referenced me. And so he began to reference me a couple of times. And so I thought to myself, I can't leave. <laughs> I can't. I can't be gone when he says something about me. I've got to stay there. So I stayed there, and I waited. And, and I loved to hear him. I loved to hear him speak. But I was just like, can you just get out with it? Can you just, you know, can you get out? And so, um, so anyways, he, he went ahead, and, and he spoke a little bit. And, uh, and he said, everybody stand up. And so everybody stood up. And so I thought, okay, this is good. I was still okay. So, so I went to the back, and I saw Don back there, and he gave me a hug, and Ted was back there smiling. And Don said to me, oh, uh, you're going to have to wait in line, he says to me. And I looked over, and there was two little kids that were ready, uh, waiting to go to the restroom. And so I kind of, and I was ready. I'm telling you, I was so panicky. And I looked at the little kids, and I know this was the enemy, because here's the thought that I had. And I know, I thought to myself, and I didn't do this, but in my head I thought, if I took those little kids and I smacked their heads together, I could go to the restroom ahead of them. I'm a kind person. I would never think something like that. But I actually pictured that in my head, taking their heads, smacking their heads together, and then going ahead of them. You know the devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. So. so anyways, I did not do that. I didn't do that. So, And I waited. I waited for the first person to go. I waited for the second, you know, person to go. And then, so then I was able to go. And, and so I came out. And, um, you know, you think that would have been it. You think that would have been it. But I came out. I talked to some people. And I feel a little bit better. A little bit better. And so then Pastor Zicky was like, hey, we're going to go to IHOP. Would you like to go and stuff? And, and so by the time we got to IHOP, you know, I was starting to feel sick again. And so I sat down, and we were sitting there, and, and Andrea was like, just tell Zig, tell him, tell him what's going on. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing. And, and so uh, so uh, we were there, and finally I said, hey, Zig, we're going to go ahead and go. I don't feel too good. We're going to go back to the hotel and stuff. And so, so we left there. And uh, Andrea was hungry still because she wasn't feeling like I was. Praise the Lord. Thank, I thank the Lord you were feeling good, honey. Even though I was suffering, I thank the Lord that you were feeling okay. Yes. Praise the Lord for that. So I was suffering, but as long as you're okay, that's all that matters. So anyway, so we stopped at Popeye's, you know, for a chicken sandwich. And we're waiting there for like five minutes. And I, I think they're closed. I, all the lights are on, but they were closed. And so she's like, well, let's just go to the hotel. So I punch in the coordinates for the hotel, and we're driving, driving, driving. And we've driven like 15 minutes, and we're at a light, and, and it, the next direction says, take a left, and your destination is 0.4 miles away. So we're at the light, and I look down the road, and it's a dark road. There's nothing on there. It's a completely empty, dark road. And I'm like, what's going on? What, what in the world? And so she gets my phone. I punched in the wrong coordinates. And so... She puts in the right coordinates, so we go, and then, uh, and then we stop at Whataburger, you know, because she's 
she was feeling okay, which is good. I'm glad. So she ordered a combo. I forget what it was, the mushroom and Swiss combo. Yep, she ordered my, and so then, then we go, and we're getting towards the hotel, and it says to, to take a left. And uh, I am telling you, I was feeling so out of it. Uh, I missed my turn. And so, so it tells you to go up to the next light, make a U-turn. In my mind, I heard it said, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. And so I went to turn. I did not make a U-turn. I just kept going left. And I got on the expressway again. <laughs> and I just wanted to get home. I just wanted to get to the hotel. That's it. Get on the expressway again. And so we finally maneuver our way. And you would think that be, it would be done, but it, it's not done yet. There's more to it. So, so we get to the hotel, and uh, Andrea says to me, hey, can you give me your key? I was like, I thought I told you to grab a key. She's like, well, I didn't think I'd need it. And, and I'm like, you know, I, didn't, I, I don't like to give up my key to the hotel room, you know. And so, so anyways, I gave her my key, and she got out. And I said, I'm just going to sit here a little bit, just trying to think about it. And she's like, just come up, just come up. And so I drop her off. I go park the car. We had some 7-Up. We had another pop there. I grabbed a couple of waters. And so I'm walking into the hotel room like this. And I go and I press number two. And not feeling, still feeling sick, and I get off the elevator, and uh, I look around, and I start walking down the hall, and I thought to myself, I don't know what room we're in. <laughs> I had no idea what room we were in, and so I'm there standing there, and I'm looking, and uh, 216 seemed to stand out to me, so, so I knocked a little bit, <laughs> nothing. I knocked again, so a guy, a white guy with curly hair opens the door and he says, can I help you? And I said, I thought this was my room. And he said, no, it's not. And he closed the door on me. And so I'm standing there, uh, just like, have no idea. And so I, I start calling Andrea and her phone is dead. <laughs> and so I'm calling her straight to voicemail. I'm calling her straight to voicemail. And so I text her and I said, listen, I said, I can't believe this. This can't be happening. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? So, so I go, I get in the elevator, I go down to the service desk or, yeah, the desk area. And I was just about to ask him which room I was in, and then I got a text from her. So, so I was finally able to go, get into the room, and just kind of, I was so discouraged. In my mind, as we're driving here, uh, I could see, I, I know what the Lord wanted me to share. And because I had kind of rushed through it, I'd shared maybe about half of what was in my heart to share. And so I got into the room, and I put the stuff down, and I sat down, and I was so discouraged. I thought, how can that happen? Andrea, she thought the same thing, too, because she said to me, we came all the way here for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I said, yes, I'm afraid so. I'm afraid we did. We came. <laughs> she's very encouraging. She just was like, she, she's like, she was wondering what was going on because uh, there wasn't a lot of people, I think, that could really tell what was going on. But she knew. She knew something was wrong. And, and uh, I remember that night going to sleep just so discouraged because I was like, Lord, I knew what you wanted me to say. How could that happen? How could that? Uh... And so uh, I remember going to sleep and just very discouraged. But like the Bible says over and over again, but God, but God. Tuesday morning, I, 
I woke up and uh, I felt uh, I felt a lot better than I had when I went to bed. And so, so the Lord began to speak to me, and this is really what I, what I want to share because um, because what I love about the Lord, He's very He uh, he, he corrects us in a way where he doesn't do it in a way where we leave discouraged, think we can't do it. He corrects us in a way that says, you know, listen, next time, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And so the Lord began to speak to me. And so there are certainly some things in the natural uh, that we did that we could have done better. We could have left earlier instead of 8 o'clock at night. I think, you know, we hadn't slept very much. Uh, we were trying to stay awake. I think I had a filet fish and a uh, chicken sandwich. I shouldn't have done that for McDonald's at 3 o'clock that day. I should. There are certainly some things that, that I could have done differently as we were preparing, getting ready to be here. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, uh, you didn't match the intensity of what was happening in the revival. He said, you need to understand that, 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 that and this is for Winner's Church. This is for you. Uh, God is doing something here. Uh, the intensity in this place is different than other churches. It isn't the same. And so God said to me, what you didn't understand, what you needed to do, is you needed to understand that you were coming here for revival, but you were about to meet a different kind of intensity than you've ever known. And so I'm telling you this morning, uh, for Winner's Church, what you're about to do, there's a different kind of intensity that you're going to have to have. That, that the way you've done things in the past, they're not going to work anymore. Be because the attack has ramped up. Because the resistance has ramped up. And, and so you're going to have to, and, and so as the Lord began to share this with me, he was right. He was right. I came and I was excited to come, but I didn't have that understanding, and I didn't have that understanding because I'll tell you this, and as I stand here, um, you know, it's hard for me to admit this, but, but as I was coming, uh, I didn't realize, um, I didn't spend the time that I needed to hearing from God. And for what's about to happen, and what, what is happening in this church, and what's about to continue to happen I'm telling you this morning, there's something on the inside of you that has to have that understanding uh, that, that it, we can't do things the same way, uh, that we need to spend more time in our word, that we need to spend more time praying to him, that we need to spend more time praying in the spirit, because what God is doing here, it's different. Those, the, 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 the times that we've had then, and so, so Tuesday, as the Lord began to share that with me, as he began to say, this is what I needed you to do, you know. Um, we continued then to come to the services. We came Tuesday and Wednesday. We came to the morning service. I'm telling you, God began to speak to me. God began to give me revelation. Uh, God began to give me things that, that, are, that I know will change me forever. But I thank God because he's merciful. When we don't do things like we should, he doesn't get rid of us. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, give up on us. But he very gently says, I need you to understand. This is something different. And so here's the thing. Uh, as you continue, it isn't going to, uh, the uh, resistance isn't going to get any less. It's going to continue to get more and more and more. And we have to be willing. We have to be ready to match that. 
I've got to be ready to match any kind what the enemy's trying to do. I've got to be ready to match that, not just match it, but just uh, to be in the spirit, to, to allow God to move how he wants to move. Uh, I've got to be ready to, for all the distractions to be out of my mind, for all those things that are happening. I've got to be willing to put those away and say, God, whatever you want to do, lead us, Lord, with your spirit. And so I thank the Lord for that because it's been a great week. And, and as we listen to the different ministers, as they poured into us, man, it, it just really, uh, it's changed me. I'm so thankful, grateful for being here this week to hear God through the different ministers, uh, to hear uh, the pieces that they had uh, in what God has been showing me. Uh, they added pieces and pieces, and so the Lord has given me revelation this week as I'm hearing them. Uh, my understanding is becoming greater. Um, the capacity I have to, to see what God is doing is becoming greater. And, and so I'm so thankful this week for being here. For being able to uh, be a part of the revival, not just be a part of it, uh, but to receive from what God was doing. And, and so I thank you, Pastor Ziggy, for inviting us. I thank you. It's been such a, a great thing for us. But I wanted to share that uh, because sometimes, you know, I remember going to sleep Monday night and I had told Andrea, I was like, let's just go. I said, <laughs> we'll pack up the car, we'll, we'll just go, we'll tell Zig, hey, we had to get back, something happened, and here's the thing, you can't, you can't lie to him, you know what I mean? I mean, I didn't, I didn't come up with what I was going to say to him, but it was, uh, was going to have to be something where there's some truth to it, you know what I mean? So, that, yeah. Uh, here's something that's real that I, I don't know that, I don't know if I've ever thought about it. And it's real, and I think you'll understand when I say this. You'll understand when I say this. Um, we, we've uh, met within the last two years, and uh, I admire him so much. I look up to him so much. The last thing I'd ever want to do is let him down. But it isn't about him. It's about what God wants to do. He is the sent man that God has placed here, and so I give honor to him. But it's about what God wants to do. It's about the lives that God wants to change. It's about the people that God wants to reach. And so I have to have that in mind when I do things, when I approach things. Because here's the thing. The enemy will use anything he can to distract us. He will. Anything. He'll use the love that we have for each other to distract us from what God wants us to do. He will. And so I have to keep that in mind uh, as, um, as I continue. But I tell you what, um, you know, uh, I'm ready to match that resistance. I'm ready to come against the plan of the enemy. I am. I'm ready to, uh, to come and let the Lord move and, and uh, to, to not let. Uh, so I was up here feeling sick. And here's what the Lord said to me. Listen, you said what I needed you to say. So you didn't feel sick in your body, but what does that mean? What does that matter? So you, because you felt sick in your body. I said what I, you said what I had for you to say. He says, so the fact that you didn't feel good really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but sometimes we, uh, <laughs> sometimes we get mixed up in our thinking. You know, sometimes we think, well, if it didn't feel good for me, then how could it have been good? Uh, but listen, the Lord's bigger than that. The Lord's bigger than that. He really is. And so I wanted to share that with you this morning. Uh, it was in my heart because um, 
I just think that sometimes, you know, maybe we need to hear that. We need to hear those kind of things uh, as in our walk with the Lord. But I'm going to read Hebrews uh, chapter 11. I'm going to read the whole chapter because I didn't read any of the Bible when I spoke on Monday. So I'm going to read the <laughs> Some people are like, what? What's going on? It'll go by quick. It'll go by quick. Carolyn, it'll go by quick, Carolyn. So, yes. <laughs> I feel like, because uh, I want, you know, the Bible uses all different kind of ways to speak to us. Um, and so, uh, so as I was reading this, uh, we were doing a study, and, and I began to see kind of what, uh, something that the Lord did I'd never seen before. And so I want to say this, I want to read this to you this morning to encourage you. There's a lot in here. I'm not going to go over a lot. I'm, I'm going to get towards the bottom of it. And then I just want to share what God put in my heart for you this morning. Uh, it says this, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And by faith, Abel offered, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. I love that. I've read Abel all my life. I've read that story of Cain and Abel, and I've thought to myself how, how uh, Abel was cheated, how he was robbed. But through the word of God, he still speaks to us today. He still speaks to us of his faith. He still speaks to us uh, concerning how we need to live our lives by faith. And so I, I love that when it, when it talks about Abel. It says, uh, verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away. And so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I'm going to go by this quickly, and there's a lot of things to get into, but, but I just want to uh, share a little bit towards the end. It says, by faith, Noah... After he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and because an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. Um, I love it when it talks about Abraham and, and uh, uh, Sarah. Because we know when we read the story of Abraham that there were a couple times when Abraham said to Sarah, look, as they were going into different kingdoms, look, uh, when we get there, you tell the king that you're my sister. Uh, because uh, he knew that she was beautiful, and she was desirable uh, to, to, to men. And so, so uh, two different times, at least, he, he had her do that. But the Bible doesn't talk about that. 
The Bible doesn't mention that. The Bible talks about Abraham, and because of his faith, he did this thing, and he did that. And then when we look at Sarah, we know that Sarah had disbelief in her heart. We know that she even laughed about hearing what God was going to do. But it doesn't mention that here in these verses. You don't hear about that. Listen, when we live lives of faith, that's what God sees. God sees the faith that we live by, not the mistakes and the failures that we consider. We remember, but he doesn't remember those anymore. And he's calling us to a life of faith. Life of faith. And so uh, I want you to, I'm, I'm reading this, look back at your life. Look back at the things where you feel like that you failed and understand that God doesn't see it the same way you do. God sees that as you were struggling, as you were struggling through those different things, that you continued to trust him, that you continued, even though it didn't look like anything was going to happen, you continued, continued to trust that he was in control, that he was in charge, because that's what he looks at. When he looks over our lives, let's continue here. It says in verse 13, these all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return but they now desire a better place. In verse 16 says this, but they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offer up, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son, the one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able, therefore, uh, to be able to even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshiped. Uh, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead toward the reward. That's us. That's us looking at the reward that's to come. That's us. I think about the things that uh, I've gone through, that we've gone through since we've been married. And uh, I look at them. And then I look about what's to come. And I see those things. And they were difficult while we went through them. They were a struggle while we went through them. Uh, but as I look back, I'm glad that we continue to trust God. Because the things that we have in store for us are much greater than the price that we've paid. When we look back and we think about the things that, it doesn't compare for what he's done for us. It doesn't. 
Let me keep reading here. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger from Moses. Persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. And by faith they crossed the Red Sea as, they, as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. And what more can I say? Verse 32. What more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, uh, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies, armies to flight. I love that because it shows um, uh, how because of the, uh, the the people in the Old Testament that have faith, we, we get right there a rundown of some of the victories that they had, uh, some of the ways that God came through for them, uh, some of the ways that they were uh, overcomers, they were victorious against against their enemies. And so I love that. And as I read that, uh, faith begins to rise up on the inside of me. I love reading that. Then comes this next part. And it's always been kind of, I like that part. Well, it talks about these great victories. I like that part. But then this next part comes up. And, and so the Lord began to speak to me about this. It says this in verse 35. It says, women received their dead, raised to life again. Then it starts this. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. We read that second part of that, and it doesn't sound like the first part, where there was these great victories, where the people saw God come through in these awesome ways. And then we get to this next part in 35 as it gets slower, and it talks about things that don't seem so great in the natural. Being tortured, being imprisoned, uh, all these different things that it speaks about. And, and, and when you look at that in the natural, when we look at that, that doesn't seem like the great victories that we just read about. But I want you to know this morning, when God looks at your life and he sees the things that you've gone through, he sees those as great. He sees those as great victories that your marriage was struggling and you continue to trust God, that you felt sick in your body, you continue to touch God. People around you that passed away before their time and you continue to trust God, God sees that as great faith. He sees that as great faith. We need to, we need to understand that. We need to see that. Uh, the, 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 chapter 11, it starts out one way and it begins to build. It begins to build. It begins to build. And by the end of it, man, it's just really building to that crescendo. And then we start seeing about these people that died. These, these people that were tortured, were imprisoned. And we think that that's, it seems kind of like a bummer. After building and building and building. But I want you to understand today 
when God sees the things that you've gone through and you've contributed, continued to trust him and have faith in him, he considers those, the, those acts of faith great. They're great in his sight. I want you to know that. And so whatever it is that you've gone through, put yourself here in these pages. Put yourself in there. Whatever it is that you've gone through, put that in there and, and read that. And then, and then read that part that says this, the world not, was not worthy of them. That's how God sees us when we have faith in him. The world is not worthy of us. When we trust him, when we don't give up, when we continue to walk, when, when everything around us is telling us to give up and we, we continue to go forward. Oh, Jesus, it's great faith. We're a part of this. We're in there. That's us. I want you to see yourself in those words because that's us. It says the world is not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. I look at my life, and there are times when it seemed like I was hiding in a cave, <laughs> that I dug a hole so that I could crawl into and hide. But I didn't give up. And you didn't give up. You're here this morning. When there is every opportunity for you to give up, you're here this morning. When you had every, time, every opportunity to say, listen, I tried it. It didn't seem like it worked. So I'm done. You had every opportunity to give up, to turn back, but you didn't. You kept on trusting. You kept on believing. God sees. And this is what the Lord says about you. The world is not worthy of you. It's not worthy of you. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would be made perfect, so that they would not be made perfect without us. Listen, in the Old Testament, uh, uh, God had a, a plan, but the, the, the old law was only to point us to Jesus. That's it. That's all it was served for. And so in the New Testament, he comes up and he's got a better promise. He's got a better promise. And so I want you to know this morning, I want you that when you're feeling down, when you feel like your faith uh, isn't as strong as it needs to be, uh, think about this. Think about that God, God is cheering you on. God is telling you to keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. There's a better place. There's a place that, uh, on the other side of that. And here's the thing, you know, we get to this other place, and then we face something else, okay? <laughs> it would be nice if we got to this place, and then we were there. We had arrived. But then God continuing to stretch our faith, continuing to stretch our faith, continuing. That's what he's doing with all of us. That's what he's doing with all of us. I, um, I taught a couple of weeks ago. On when uh, Jesus was tempted after being in the wilderness. And, and uh, one of the things that God showed to me is that as Jesus came, as he was coming and, and the enemy was getting ready to tempt him, in his body he was weak. No strength in his body. But in the spirit he was strong. <laughs> That's what the enemy didn't realize. That in the spirit he was strong. That's how I want to be. That's why I want to be. So here's what, I, here's what I'm saying now. Monday in, in the natural, I was weak. But in the spirit, I was strong. <laughs> That's the way we need to be. That's the place that God's calling us to be. So I wanted to, the last thing I want to do, and I'll, I'll give it over to you, Pastor Ziggy. I want us to pray. I want, I want each person here, I want us to pray about what God's done for you this week. 
Because here's what the enemy's going to do. The enemy's going to try and tell you, well, that wasn't real. The enemy's going to try and tell you that, um, you know, uh, uh, it, that kind of stuff only works in that environment. But now that you're away from that, you're in trouble. So this morning, I want us to pray, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to thank God for everything he's done this week. I'm going to pray. I'm going to stretch my faith, and I'm going to thank God uh, for bringing us here, for, for speaking to us, for giving us revelation. But I think it's important for each and every one, because many of you here, like you said, they were here for revival. You were here for revival. So I want us to pray this morning, each and every one of us. You pray to the Lord. Thank the Lord for what he's done for you this week. Thank the Lord that he changed you, that, he didn't, that you're different now than you were last Sunday. You're different. You're a different person. And so I think it's good for us to, uh, to just take a couple minutes and just thank the Lord for what he's done, to speak words of faith, to, to, to understand uh, that he, this is uh, the beginning. I greeted someone as I was uh, as earlier in the service, and they gave me a hug, and they said, it's over because <laughs> of the long week. Uh, uh, but here's the thing I said, nope, it's just the beginning. <laughs> it's just the beginning. So I want us to do that. I'm going to hand this over to you, Pastor Ziggy, but I want us to pray. And I'm going to pray too because I thank God for what he's done this week. I thank God that he changed me this week, that he gave me revelation. Well, let's just go ahead and pray. If, you wanna, if you'll stand up with me. And so I'm going to put the microphone down, and I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray because here's what I know. The enemy wants to steal what he's done for you this week. He wants to steal it, but I'm not going to allow him to do that. I'm going to get my faith way out there. So let's go ahead and pray right now in the name of Jesus. what you've done. We thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you. Boy, isn't God good. He's done so much for us. We cannot tell it all. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, take a minute and just give him praise and give him glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, where would we be without your instruction? 
Where would we be without the anointing of your spirit? God, where would we be without the men that you're raising up to declare your word? Where would we be, God, without those gifts of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers? God, where would we be if you hadn't laid your life down? Where would we be if it hadn't been for those that exercised their faith? God, may we be numbered with those. May we be numbered with those, God, who are people of faith. May we contend for the faith of those that came ahead of us so that we might see the goodness of God in the land of the living in this hour, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Your light was shining in this house, God, by your word, by your spirit. The healing power of your spirit was here, God. Delivering miracle-working power was in the house here this week. But we recognize it in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, that everything that tries to resist you and your word has to bow. Lord, it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. We're not done. It's not finished. It's only the beginning. Every knee will bow to the Lordship of Jesus. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every sickness, every disease will, will have to obey in Jesus' name. Every bondage will be set free for the glory of God in Jesus' name. We'll walk in a greater measure of your spirit. And we will shine, Lord, like a city set upon a hill. We will not be hidden. Our light will shine before men. They will see the good work that you're doing in and through us. And they will glorify you, Father. We will be salt in an earth that is unsalted, God. We will be, we will be the savor. We will be, God, the spice that is in this world in these last days. God, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified in us. Be glorified in all that you're doing here in the name of Jesus. You know, Reuben's message reminds me of something that I, uh, I told you all that testimony of that guy that they tried to kill. He had a church in his house and the Muslim, is in a Muslim, predominantly Muslim uh, country in the Middle East. And a bunch of radical Muslims came in and tried to kill this guy. And y'all remember the testimony. But what I want to remind you about that is this. Because I think, you know, Reuben, Reuben brought it out so beautifully today. That we Listen, suffering doesn't mean God is not with you. Romans chapter 8 says this. The sufferings that we endure now are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Listen, if you're here today, I know, I know some of you have, have endured much. People, a lot of times, especially in the United States, in the church and outside of the church, People want sympathy for the things that they've gone through. You don't know what I've gone through. 
They want us to feel sorry. Listen, I don't feel sorry for not one person in this building. I don't care what you've endured. I don't feel sorry for you. You know why? Because you serve the same God that I serve, and he's still on the throne, and he's still the same God today. No matter what you, I don't care whether you understand it or not. I don't care how deeply it affected you. He is still God. I don't like all that I've endured in life. I don't like all that I've had to suffer. I don't like all the things that I've gone through. But I'm telling you right now, the same cup of grace, the same cup of grace that I worship God with on, out of on the mountaintop is the same cup of grace that I'm going to worship God of out of the valley. Because he's the same God on the mountaintop as he is in the valley. He's the same God when we're in victory. Are y'all hearing me today? Do you know why the you know why the American church is so weak? You know why we've been so weak? And I know, I know we think we're pre, we think we're the premier church. And we're admired. Don't get me wrong, we're admired the world around because we're word people. But some of us, that's all we have is a word in our mouth. We have a confession, but we've not yet received the possession. But you got guys like that guy I talked about that was crucified, burned alive. They wanted to kill him, and he didn't die. This guy was such a, a major threat to the devil that the enemy tried to eradicate him through crucifixion and burning him alive. By the measure that we measure success in ministry in this country, by the measure that we measure success in ministry in this country, this guy shouldn't even have been on the radar of the devil because he's, a, he's the pastor of a church in a house and has maybe seven people. You know, the people, the people that are being martyred for Christ in this country don't have tens of thousands of people in membership in their churches. They're people that got seven, eight, ten people. And they're the ones that are being drug out of their house and martyred for Christ because they are such a threat to hell that the devil can't even stand to have them alive no more. We've got churches, 50,000. We got mega churches, no mega Christians. Pastors that, pa pastors that pastor 50,000 in membership and the greatest persecution that they suffer is someone says something bad about them on Facebook. That they have a bad news article written about them. That Inside Edition does a report against their ministry. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything to, to, to be disparaging toward those people. But we are coming to a place in the body of Christ, in the church of the Lord Jesus, where we have got to understand there are going to be days like, like, like David where we're going to pick up a stone and we're going to put it in a sling and giants are going to fall. And we're going to take the sword of our enemy and chop off his head, hold it up, and declare the victory. 
But there are going to be days where we think, my God, how did this happen? Ben talked about Rodney Howard Brown. Revivals blowing up everywhere. And on Christmas Day, at the age of, I think, I think she was 17 or 18 years old, she dies of, what was it, cystic fibrosis? or I can't remember what it was. Some, she dies. You know what? Amer- most American Christians, why didn't the Lord do this? I just don't understand. And we want the sympathy of the body and we want this. If my God, if pastors don't call us up and, and stroke us and, and tell us, oh, it's gonna be okay, it's be all right, isn't it? I'm leaving that church. What a rotten preacher. Didn't even come and ask me how I was doing. Well, you know what? I've got news for you. You're not the one in the worst condition. I don't care what you've endured. I'm telling you right now, there are people all over the world that may be enduring an even greater struggle. And see, that's what we need to consider. Thank God for the great victories that come in faith. But you know what? There are times, there are, there are times that we'll endure suffering and struggle where we will, where we will go through difficulties. And, the, and the, Bible, the Bible says it. The Bible says that much. But it's never your right to sit on a pity pot and feel sorry for yourself. As God's people, we've got to remember. Are you hearing me today? When Rodney Howard Brown's daughter died, there's one of two ways he could have been. He could have even, either gotten angry and bitter with God and gone back to his old life. He could have reverted to something that he knew good and well wouldn't work. Go back to his old life. You know, Brother Rodney preached for years, be not drunk with wine wearing his excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. He go to churches, be filled with the Holy Ghost, be drunk in the Holy Ghost. People getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, be not drunk with, well, you know what? When your daughter dies, And you come from a background of alcoholism and drug addiction. You know what your body says? You know what your mind says? You know what that that you know that you know what your unrenewed soul says? You need a drink. That's what you so but you know what? That's not what you need. That's when you need. You say, Well, you know, the devil. You know what Brother Rodney, you know what Brother Rodney did? I mean immediately. He, he didn't even take a day off. He gets up and he said, I'm going to make the devil pay for what he just did. A million souls. A million souls. And they have, they have had over one million decisions made for Christ since the death of his daughter. I'm going to tell you right now, hell is reeling. Hell is reeling right now because of what happened as a result of the death. Come on now. See, some of y'all need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and remember that the devil is a thief and he's trying to kill you. 
God, God didn't do this to you. Why, why, why did the Lord let this happen? Why did the Lord? What are you talking about? Why? The devil's trying to kill you. God's not in it. Some of you helping him. Some of you like Adam. Instead of avoiding the... He could be under any tree in the entire garden. And the dude sleeps under the tree, God tells him. You know, he builds his house next to the tree God told him to stay away from. They go visit the tree God said stay away from every day. Isn't it beautiful? They smelled of it. Smells good. Only one God told them to stay away from, they're obsessed with it. Come on, people. Your freedom's here today. We, we've, we came through a time God, God desired to bring freedom to this house because he desires to bring freedom to this city. So today, take your freedom. Amen. Take your liberty. Amen. 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 You know, some of us have lost people in death. Can I say something right now? I'm about to get bold because I feel the Spirit of God on the inside of me. My wife's lost family members in death. Her parents, she lost her parents in death. Shelby lost her brother in death. I'm, I'm, I hear the Lord saying this. I hear God saying, and if you've, listen, if you've lost someone close to you in death and it has been a burden to you, the burden is about to be removed and the yoke is about to be destroyed. Here's what the Lord said. Here's what the Lord is telling me. He says, it's time for you to quit fellowshipping with death. Because death will only have victory for as long as it's given strength. God don't want us fellowshipping with death. God don't want us becoming acquainted with and familiar with and being able to navigate the waters of death. He gave us life. And he gave it to us with abundance. So that we could overcome this. Why do you think the Bible says, sin, where is your victory? And death, where is your sting? When we continue to feel the sting of death, we don't live in the victory that Jesus paid. And it entertains the enemy to, and to be able to defeat us. And I'm telling you, God is breaking some of you free right now in the name of Jesus. Your suffering is over. Your suffering is over. He's bringing you out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now in the name of Jesus. I set you free for the glory of God. Thank you, Father. How many of you received that today? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Reuben. Amen. What a good word. What a good word. You know what? I don't know about you, but I want to be on hell's hit list. See, people give up. Oh. I do. I, I, want, I want hell to be threatened by everything that we do, everything that we I mean, you say, but Brother Ziggy, doesn't that make us a doesn't that make us a target? Well, yeah, sure, amen. But we got to think about the testimonies of those that came ahead of us. Arthur Blessed, who's out in the sticks, carrying a cross, preaching the gospel, in his tent asleep one night, when he hears an army 
of men with weapons coming to kill him. And then he hears the sounds of fists hitting these men and fighting outside. He thinks, man, there's a big fight going on. Only to wake up the next morning and have the people of the village say, there were these big men that came to your tent and beat up these soldiers. They were dressed in white and they shined with brilliance as the angels of God stepped in and took care. The testimony, I can't remember the preacher's name, but he stepped off of, he was, a, he was in the mafia, stepped off of a train in New York City. He had gotten saved and left organized crime. But you, but you, don't, you don't just leave organized crime. And he was high up gets off the train and there was someone there with an automatic weapon began to shoot at him he put up his hands waiting to feel the pain of the of the bullets entering his body and he didn't feel any pain but the shooter ended up being disarmed and then ran off in fear when the police came to investigate they found the bullets the bullets had melted and were like big blobs of lead, puddles of lead that laid in front of where they had shot this man. The delivering power of God. You know, you, most of you don't know it, but you've, you've, been a, you've been a target. But greater is he that is in us. It's a different day, church. Listen, I know some of you kind of freaks me out. Why? Why should it freak you out? The devil tried to kill you and here you are. Amen. We're marching on. Amen. Praise God. All right, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Reuben's already preached. Praise God. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you've said. Listen, if you need special prayer today, I want you to come. We're going to pray for you. If you need special prayer, uh, of any kind, if you're sick in your body or you, um, and I know, I know many of you already claim your healing, and so we don't need to pray twice. If you claimed your healing, you've received it. Uh, but uh, we will thank God with you for your healing if you want us to. But if you're here today and you need prayer for anything else, I want to pray for you. I want to make sure that we want to, uh, that you have an opportunity. Uh, again, I'm so glad that some of you that joined us for revival have joined us here this morning. If you don't have a home church, Here's what I have to say to you. Welcome home. Welcome home, Bo. We're glad to have you. Amen. Welcome home, ladies. It's glad to have We're glad to have you. We're glad you finally made it. You know, uh, tell, me your, tell me your name. I'll get your names eventually. Kelly. Kelly and Susie. Yes, Kerm, Kermit, right? Kerm, he's tall. Yes, wonderful man. But um, these ladies, uh, they, they came to me after one of the morning services and said, we've been looking for this church. Amen. I'm so glad that you, you came. And uh, all, of you that are, all of you that are here, that are uh, 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 joining us, we're, we're glad that you're here. Amen. And we look forward to you being able to meet uh, the rest of the family when uh, they come back next week. Amen. Uh, but... Uh, uh, praise God. So, all right. If no one needs special prayer, I want to pray over you. Worship team, meet me in the back before uh, before you go. I want to have a talk with you. Father, thank you for all that you've said and done. We, we, we appreciate you, Lord. Thank you so much 
We love you with all of our hearts. Uh, as we go out of this place, go with us. Bless your people, God, uh, for uh, their obedience to you today. May your name continue to be magnified and exalted in this place and in all that we do as we go forth today. In Jesus' name, everybody that believes it, said amen. amen. Listen, I love you. I I'm, send my love to those that are at home, Nakia and, and, and uh, Emery and, and uh, uh, Lynn and uh, Ted and Debbie and all of We send our love to them and 